Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. The Supreme Court of the United States on Monday handed out another great decision. Now, I don't know if you have ever read a Supreme Court decision, but they can be very interesting. I'm not going to read to you some news coverage of the decision. I am actually going to cover the actual decision. I'll be hitting the highlights, but but these are the actual words of the majority decision of the Supreme Court of the United States, written by Justice Gorsuch and delivered on Monday in the case of Joseph A. Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. And it reads this, Joseph Kennedy lost his job as a high school football coach because he knelt at midfield after games to offer a quiet prayer of thanks. Mr. Kennedy prayed during a period when school employees were free to speak with with a friend, call for a reservation at a restaurant, check email, or attend to other personal matters. He offered his prayers quietly while his students were otherwise occupied. Still, Bremerton School District disciplined him anyway. It did so because it thought anything less could lead a reasonable observer to conclude, mistakenly, that it endorsed Mr. Kennedy's religious beliefs. The reasoning was misguided. Both the free exercise and the free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect expressions like Mr. Kennedy's, nor does a proper understanding of the amendment's establishment clause require the government to single out private religious speech for special disfavor. The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. Joseph Kennedy began working as a football coach at Bremerton High School in 2008 after nearly two decades of service in the Marine Corps. Like many other football players and coaches across the country, Mr. Kennedy made it a practice to give thanks through prayer on the field at the conclusion of each game. In his prayers, Mr. Kennedy sought to express gratitude for, quote, what the prayers had accomplished and for the opportunity to be part of their lives through the game of football, unquote. Mr. Kennedy offered his prayers after the the players and coaches had shaken hands by taking a knee at the 50-yard line and praying quietly for approximately 30 seconds. Initially, Mr. Kennedy prayed on his own, but over time, some players asked whether they could pray alongside him. Mr. Kennedy responded by saying, it's a free country. You can do what you want. (laughs) The number of players who joined Mr. Kennedy eventually grew to include most of the team, at least after some games. Sometimes team members invited opposing players to join, and other times Mr. Kennedy still prayed alone. Eventually, Mr. Kennedy began incorporating small motivational speeches with his prayer and when others uh, were present. Uh, Separately, the the team at times engaged in pre-game and post-game prayers in the locker room, and it seemed this practice was a school tradition that predated Mr. Kennedy's tenure. Mr. Kennedy explained that 
he never told any student that it was important they participate in any religious activity. And in particular, he never pressured or encouraged any student to join uh, his post-game midfield prayers. For over seven years, that's what I said, over seven years, no one complained to the Bremerton School District about these practices. It seemed the district superintendent first learned of them only in September of 2015 after an employee of another school commented positively on the school's practices to Bremerton's principal. At that point, the district reacted quickly. On September 17th, the superintendent sent Mr. Kennedy a letter. In it, the superintendent identified two problematic practices in which Mr. Kennedy had engaged. First, Mr. Kennedy had provided inspirational talks that included overtly religious references, likely constituting prayer with the students at midfield following the uh, competition of games. Second, he had led students and coaching staff in a prayer in the locker room, uh, as, as the locker room tradition that predated his involvement with the program. The district explained that it sought to establish clear parameters, as they called it, going forward. It instructed Mr. Kennedy to avoid any motivational talks with students that included religious expression, including prayer, and to avoid suggesting, encouraging, or discouraging, or supervising any prayers of students, which students remain free to engage in. The district also explained that any religious activity on Mr. Kennedy's part must be non-demonstrative, i.e. not outwardly discernible as religious activity, if students were also engaged in religious conduct in order to avoid the perception of endorsement. In offering these directives, the district appealed to what is called the direct tension between the establishment cause and the school employee's right to freely exercise his religion. To resolve that tension, the district explained an employee's free exercise rights must yield so far as necessary to avoid school endorsement of religious activities. After receiving the district's September 17th letter, Mr. Kennedy ended the tradition predating him of offering locker room prayers. He also ended his practice of incorporating religious references or prayer into the his post-game motivational talks uh, to his team on, uh, on the field. Mr. Kennedy further felt pressured to abandon his practice of saying his own quiet on the field post-game prayer. Driving home after the game, however, Mr. Kennedy felt upset that he had broken his commitment to God by not offering his own prayer. So he turned the car around and he returned to the field. By that point, everyone had left the stadium and he walked to the 50-yard line and he knelt to say a brief prayer of thanks. On October 14th, through counsel, Mr. Kennedy sent a letter to school officials informing them that because of his sincerely held sincerely held religious beliefs, he felt compelled to offer a post-game personal prayer of thanks at midfield. He asked the district to allow him to continue that private religious expression alone, con- uh, consistent with the district's policy. 
Mr. Kennedy explained that he neither requested, encourages, nor discourages students to participate in these prayers. Mr. Kennedy emphasized that he sought only to only the opportunity to wait until the game was over and the players uh, have left the field and then walk to midfield and say a short private personal prayer. He told everybody that it would be acceptable to him to pray when the kids went away from him. He later clarified that this meant that he was even willing to say his prayer while the players were um, walking to the locker room or a bus and then catch up with his team. However, Mr. Kennedy uh, objected to the local uh, logical implication of the district's September 17th letter, which he understood as banning him from bowing his head in the vicinity of students and as requiring him to flee the scene if students voluntarily came to the same area where he was praying. After all, district policy prohibited him from discouraging independent student uh, decisions to pray. On October 16th, shortly before the game, uh, the, the game that day, the district responded with another letter. The district acknowledged that Mr. Kennedy uh, held uh, had complied with the directives in the September 17th letter. Yet, instead of a, a, accommodating Mr. Kennedy's request to offer a brief prayer on the field while students were busy with their other activities, whether heading to the locker room or boarding a bus or perhaps singing the, the school fight song, the district issued an ultimatum. It forbade Mr. Kennedy from engaging in any overt actions that could appear to a reasonable observer to endorse prayer while he is on duty as a district paid coach. The district did so because it judged that anything less would lead it to violate the Establishment Clause. After receiving the letter, Mr. Kennedy offered a brief prayer following the October 16th game, and then he bowed his head at midfield after the game. Most Bremerton players were engaged in the traditional singing of the school fight song to the audience, though Mr. Kennedy was alone when he began to pray. Uh, prayers from the other team and, and members of the community joined him before he finished the prayer. And this event spurred media coverage of Mr. Kennedy's dilemma and a public response from the district. The district placed robocalls to parents to inform them that public access to the field is forbidden. It posted signs and made announcements at games saying the same thing. And it had the Bremerton police secure the field in future games. Subsequently, the district superintendent explained in an October 20 email to the leader of the State Association of School Administrators that the, quote, the coach moved on from praying prayers uh, with kids to taking a silent prayer at the 50-yard line, unquote. The official with whom the superintendent corresponded acknowledged that the, quote, Use of a silent prayer changes the equation a bit, unquote. On October 21st, the superintendent further observed to a state official that the issue is quickly changing as it is as shifted from leading prayer with student athletes to a coach's right to conduct his own prayer on the 50-yard line. On October 23rd, shortly before that uh, evening's game, the district wrote Mr. Kennedy again, 
and expressed uh, apprehension for his efforts to comply, uh, and yet appreciation as well with the district's decisives, uh, um, directives, uh, which included avoiding on-the-job prayer with prayers in the football program, both in the locker room prior to the games, as well as on the field immediately following the games. The letter also admitted that during Mr. Kennedy's recent October 16th post-game prayer, his students were otherwise engaged uh, and, and not praying with him, and that his prayer was fleeting. Still, the district explained that a reasonable observer could think government endorsement of religion had occurred when a district employee on the field um, uh, only by virtue of his employment with the district still on duty engaged in overtly religious conduct. The district thus made clear that the only option it would offer Mr. Kennedy was to allow him to pray in a game uh, after a game in a private location behind closed doors and not observable to students and the public. After the October 23rd game ended, Mr. Kennedy knelt at the 50-yard line where no one joined him and bowed his head for a brief quiet prayer. The superintendent informed the district board that this prayer moved closer to what he wants, but nevertheless remained unconstitutional. After that final relevant football game on October 26th, Mr. Kennedy again knelt alone to offer a brief prayer as the players engaged in a post-game tradition. While he was praying, other adults gathered around him on the field. Later, Mr. Kennedy rejoined, uh, rejoined his players for the post-game talk and after they had finished singing the school fight song. Shortly after the October 26th game, the district placed Mr. Kennedy on paid administrative leave and prohibited him from participating in any capacity in the football program activities. In a letter explaining the reasons for his disciplinary action, the superintendent criticized Mr. Kennedy for engaging in public and, de and demonstrative religious conduct while still on duty as an assistant coach by offering an, a prayer following the game on October 16th, 23rd, and 26th. The letter did not allege that Mr. Kennedy performed these prayers with students, and it acknowledged that his prayers took place with students uh, were engaged in unrelated post-game activities. Additionally, the letter faulted Mr. Kennedy for not being willing to pray behind closed doors. And in an October 28th Q&A document provided to the public, the district admitted that it possessed no evidence that students had been directly coerced to pray with Kennedy. The Q&A also acknowledged that Mr. Kennedy had complied with district's uh, instruction to refrain from his prior practices of leading prayers in pregame prayer in the locker room or leading uh, players in a postgame prayer immediately following the games. But the Q&A asserted that the district could not allow Mr. Kennedy to engage in public religious display. Otherwise, the district would violate the establishment cause because reasonable students and attendees might perceive the district as endorsing religion. While Mr. Kennedy received uniformly positive evaluations every other year of his coaching career, after the 2015 season ended in November, the district gave him a poor performance evaluation. The evaluation advised against rehiring Mr. Kennedy on the grounds that he failed to conduct district policy. 
regarding religious expression and failed to supervise student-athletes after games. Mr. Kennedy did not return for the next season. After these events, Mr. Kennedy sued in federal court, alleging that the district's actions violated the First Amendment free speech and the free exercise clause, and he also moved for a preliminary injunction requiring the district to reinstate him. Now, this goes on to describe how the district court and the Ninth Circuit Court sided with, with the school district. It's interesting, but the Supreme Court sent it back for them to review again, and then again, Um, they sided with the school district. Both of them did. So now the Supreme Court was to take this up, and here's that decision as well. Now, before us, it says, Mr. Kennedy renewed his argument that the district's conduct violated both the free um, exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment. These clauses work in tandem, where the free exercise clause protects religious uh, uh, exercises, whether commutative, or not. The free speech clause provides an overlapping protection for expressive religious activities. They work together, in other words. That the First Amendment, get this, doubly protects religious speech is no accident. It is a natural outgrowth of the framers' distrust of government attempts to regulate religion and suppress dissent. Ah, So so good. In, uh, it's, it continues and says, in Anglo-American history, government suppression of speech has so commonly been directed precisely at religious speech that a free speech clause without religion would be like Hamlet without the prince. This, this is what, I, I, these aren't my words. This is the Supreme Court's words. The free exercise clause provided that Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion. This court has held the clause applicable to the states under the term of the 14th Amendment. The clause protects not only the right to harbor religious beliefs inwardly and secretly, it does perhaps its most important work by protecting the ability of those who hold religious beliefs to all kinds of to live out their faith in a daily life through the performance of or the the ascension from physical acts. These, that, that Mr. Kennedy has discharged his burdens is effectively undisputed. No one questions that he seeks to engage in a sincerely motivated religious exercise. The exercise in question involves, as Mr. Kennedy has put it, giving thanks through prayer briefly and by himself on the playing field at the conclusion of each game he coaches. Mr. Candy has indicated repeatedly that he is willing to wait until the game is over and and the players have left the field to walk to midfield and say his short prayer, private and personal prayer. The the, the cont- contestants exercise before us does not involve leading prayers with the team or before any other captive audience. Mr. Kennedy's religious beliefs do not require him to lead any prayers involving students. At the, at the district's request, he voluntarily discontinued the school tradition of locker room prayers and his post-game religious talks to students. The district disciplined him only for his decision to persist in praying quietly without 
his players after three games in October of 2015. Nor does anyone question that in forbidding Mr. Kennedy's uh, brief prayer, the district failed to act pursuant to a natural and, and generally acceptable rule. A government policy will not qualify as, a, as neutral if it is specifically directed at religious practices. A government policy will fail the general uh, actability requirements if it prohibits religious conduct while permitting secular conduct that undermines the government's uh, assertion and, and its asserted interest in a similar way, or if it provides a mechanism for individual exemptions. Just again, so good that that it that that in here it even saying that 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 if if it's, if it's targeted at religion, then it it's it's not constitutional. You, the government will target religion, but not not target anything secular, even though they're the the, the same thing. In this case, it goes on to say that the district's challenged policies were neither neutral nor generally acceptable. By its own admission, the district sought to restrict Kennedy's uh, actions, at least in part because of their religious character. As it is put in its September 17th letter, the district prohibited any overt actions on Mr. Kennedy's part, appearing to be reasonable, uh, appearing to a reasonable observer to endorse even voluntary student initiated prayer. The district further explained that it could not allow Allow an employee still on duty to engage in religious conduct. Prohibiting a religious practice was thus the district's unquestionable object. The district candidly acknowledged uh, as much and, and, and cor- um, concurred that, that its policies were not neutral toward religion. Basically, what it's saying is they admitted that th- their policies are not neutral toward religion. Get this. It says here, when it comes to Mr. Kennedy's free speech claim, our, um, uh, our, our presentments remind us that the first amendment's protections extend to teachers and students, neither of whom shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. So they, teachers and, and coaches don't have to give up their constitutional rights just to be a teacher or a coach. Of course, none of this means the speech rights of the public school employees are so boundless that they may deliver any message uh, to anyone at any time they wish. And it goes on to talk about that. But, but that's not what we're talking about here. Um, they, they go on to, to, to ask this question. Was this government speech because it was speech the government itself had commissioned or created and speech the employee was expected to deliver in the course of carrying out the job. So the question that we have to understand when it comes to this type of thing is, did the did, did the governmental agency, in this case the district, the school district, did it require him to say something that was overtly religious, or did he just do it himself? That's that's the question that we have to we we have to ask. And and uh, and I love this. It says, "What matters is whether Mr. Kennedy offered his prayer while acting within the scope of his duties as coach, and taken together, both the substance of Mr. Kennedy's speech and the circumstances surrounding it point to the conclusion that he did not." Now, it goes on to talk about the argument that teachers and and coaches are role models and should not be uh, allowed to show any kind of religious affiliation. But you know this this. This argument commits the error of, of positioning and 
excessively broad job description by, by um, treating everything teachers and coaches say in the workplace as governmental speech. And, and, and it, and it definitely knocks that down. Uh, and in fact, it even calls, it even says if, if that's the case, then expression by coaches and teachers um, w- would be considered like second class speech. Um, they don't have to leave their constitutional rights at the schoolhouse gate, as they said. Now, as we've seen, the district argues, is is continued, as we've seen, the district argues that its uh, suspension of Mr. Candy was essential to avoid violation of the Establishment Clause. The district reasoned Mr. Candy, uh, Kennedy's rights had to yield. Um, so in other words, they suspended him. Why? Because they thought that, that somebody might be offended. This court has since made plain too, that the establishment clause does not include anything like a modified heckler's veto in which religious activity can be, um, prescribed based on perceptions or discomfort An establishment clause violation does not automatically follow whenever a public school or other government entity fails to censor private religious speech. So again, in other words, you know, just because somebody's offended doesn't mean that you have to give up your constitutional rights. Um, it says here that naturally, Mr. Kennedy, Kennedy's proposal to pray quietly by himself on the field would have meant some people would have seen his religious exercise. Those close to uh, at hand might have heard him too. But Leaning, learning how to tolerate, get this, I love this, learning how to tolerate speech or prayer of all kinds is part of learning how to live in a pluralistic society, a trait of character essential to a tolerant citizenry. Oh, just so good. Of course, some will take offense to certain forms of speech or prayer uh, they are sure to encounter in, in, in a society where those activities in, in enjoy such robust constitutional protection. But offense does not equate to coercion. Oh, so good. In truth, there is no conduct between the constitutional commands before us. There is only the, ma- the, sh- the mere shadow of a conflict. A false choice premise on which Miss. Uh, uh, misconstruction of an establishment clause, and in no world, get this, in and in no world may a government entity's concern about phantom con, uh, constitutional violations justify actions, violations of an individual's First Amendment rights. Just because a government thinks you've you, you've um, you've know, gone stepped over the line constitutionally doesn't mean you have. Respect for religious expression is indispensable to life in a free and diverse republic, whether those expressions take place in a sanctuary or on a field, and whether they manifest through the spoken word or a bowed head. Here, a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a brief, quiet, personal religious observation, uh, doubly protected by the free exercise and the free speech clauses of the First Amendment. And the only meaningful justification government offered for this reprisal rested on a mistaken view that it had a duty to fare out and suppress religious observances, even if it allowed comparable secular speech. The Constitution neither mandates nor tolerates 
that kind of discrimination. Wow. These words, and, 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 and obviously, you know, th- this, was, um, this was a decision that came down six to three. Um, there were, there were, uh, there were those that obviously opposed it, three of them that did, uh, there were, um, even some that, uh, that, that added to this. And, and I would encourage you to go on and, and even read what they had to say just, um, personally, even though they, they were in the majority, they said that, you know, that, that, uh, they wanted to add a little bit more to this. And, and it was, it was definitely one of those things where it's almost an eye opening thing. When, when I sat down and I wanted to read, because I started to read some of the, the accounts of it through the media and that type of thing. And it just, I mean, it just seemed like there wasn't almost anything on it. And I said, well, you know what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull this up and I'm going to read what the actual decision said. So I literally pulled the thing, thing up, the PDF, and it's, you know, it's, it's like 88 pages or something, but um, half of it is, is of course the dissenting, uh, part of it. And, 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 and the dissenting part of it, you know, that they, they don't really have anything that, that they can hang their hat on here. I mean, this is, this was a pretty cut and dry case that this school district fired this coach for no reason whatsoever. And, and, uh, so, you know, as a judge, this would, this would have been just a, just a piece of cake really. But, um, but when I started to read what was literally in this thing, it was so good. The words of it were so, so good. And you're not going to get that from the media coverage of it. Uh, I, I, again, I would, I would encourage you. I, I just did some of the highlights as it wasn't the whole thing, but, uh, but I tried to, to, to bring to you the essence of what was, uh, being, uh, being given here. And I hope, hope that you liked it. Now, you may agree with it and you may disagree with it. I would love to hear from you on it. And of course, you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications. <laughs>